Hi, I'm Meredith. Hi, I'm Joseph, and you are listening to Are You Waiting for Permission? It's a podcast for those who don't want to wait any longer. Good morning, Meredith. How are you today? I am doing very well, Joseph. How are you? Excelente. Thank you. So happy to be here and super happy to be here with our guest artist. Would you like to introduce her to us? I would. I would love to introduce Sarah Ellis. Sarah is, yes, a boss. Very much needed. She's very giggling. Much so. so um, Sarah Ellis is this phenomenal human who I met through the Statera Arts Organization. I started a chapter here in New York City. It's a mentorship program. And Sarah was a mentee in that program. And when the pandemic hit, we, we took the program online and we do these weekly meetings uh, just to help uh, offer more support for the mentors and the mentees and uh, Sarah was on those calls and I kept looking at her on zoom and I'm like I want to know that woman mm-hmm. more and uh <laughs> So, because she just has this really vibrant, amazing, welcoming energy. And she's also, she's a theater maker. She's a a producer, an artist. And I'm super excited to have her here on our show. So, yes, Sarah. Can we start with a random question number 712? I would love that. That's my favorite number. Sarah Ellis, can you tell us about your experience on The Price is Right? (laughs) Oh, oh, can I? Uh, So I was on tour with uh, the Tony Award winning show, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Mm. And we were playing uh, Los Angeles uh, and uh, for six weeks. And a couple of my castmates and I decided to do the L.A. thing and try to get on The Price is Right. Right. So uh, we did. And it was an amazing process. Like the whole the whole like system is so it's such a well-oiled machine. Like they put they like kind of like move you through the different like levels of getting on the show. And everyone who goes to the taping and gets in has a chance to be picked. So. The cha- like, and then there's a person that kind of like, like an improviser who comes by and kind of like riffs with you to see if like you got the goods to be on TV, right? <laughs> and of course, like my crew, or we're all actors and we're like, ah, nah, 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 we're crazy and wild. And they're like, we got to put them on TV. So um, I was the first one called Downs. <gasps> and then it was all so surreal. Like you grow up watching this show and then you're on it suddenly and and it it looks like you see how bright it is on the screen right all of like the props and the and the crazy like scene scenery and everything it's and it's real before your eyes and you're like experiencing it so I'm like you know could, can't feel my knees walking down to the front and I immediately guessed close to the price of a Dell desktop computer. I I got immediately on stage. I played a game called One Away. And I was crazy. I mean, it, this you can actually find the the video. <laughs> oh, we're gonna I link put it, it in the show notes. I, Trust it's on my website because I'm like my <laughs> friends tell me they're like Sarah. If, if people want to know who you are, all they have to do is watch that video, and they understand your enthusiasm for life. Like Aww. it's just crazy. I pick up Drew Carey. I like <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. And then and I then, pick up Drew Carey. I, I know. Love I'm that like, much. how can I? I want to see that. Not a small woman, you no, know. No. 
exactly. No. And I'm like, I don't know how like Hulk strength, right? When you're like overexcited and just like having a surreal experience. And so I immediately, like on the first try, I think the the game is called One Away and the chances of getting it right are one in 32, like completely the first time. So I guess the price of this Mini Cooper and I got it the first <gasps> time. And I get, oh, and then of course, I'm like running around the stage and like I get on top of the car, like I'm in some <laughs> sort of 80s like MTV <laughs> video and slide off the car. And then I'm like sprawled on the floor. Like it is just, it is absurd. And there Absolutely were no drugs absurd. involved. I was gonna no, say, were you truly? sober for this? <laughs> High on life, baby. High on oh. life. It was so ridiculous, um, but we hid it from my cast. So the, there were only like four of us in the cast that went. And then, but we kind of were like, yeah, we had a great time. We're probably going to be on TV. So like we should, when the episode airs three months later, you know, let's, you know, do a little thing for it. And we didn't tell a soul, like not anyone. And um, so on the day of airing, we were playing Toronto at the time and it was a two show day. And I was like, everyone come on over in the morning. We'll like watch Prices Right and then go to the show. And I, I had mimosas. Everyone's like, Sarah, we're about to do two shows. Like, why are you feeding us mimosas? And I was like, no, but this is going to be great. You're going to love it. And the episode airs and they, they're in shock. Like, cause it literally it's commercial break. Then Price is Right theme song comes in and then come on down, Sarah. Like, and then it just like happens. I, cause I was the first one that any of it happened to. And I win the car within like three or four minutes. <laughs> and so it's just like, everyone's just like, what just happened? And then, then it like dawned on them. They were like, you won a car. So they freaking out. And then the whole day they were just like on the intercom at the theater. They kept blasting the Price is Right theme song. And like, oh, it's just awesome. giving me so much. So, but it is also crazy because Drew Carey asked us out like for, to grab a beverage afterwards. And then he like tweeted at the cast of a gentleman's guide and like wanted to like hang out with us. And we ended up getting a beverage with Drew. He doesn't drink, he drinks, he drinks water, but um, we ended up like going to a bar with him and like hanging out. And he like is still a friend to this day, which is That's just amazing. <laughs> what happened it's to the so car? wild. Well, I got um, a check instead, mm -hmm. which royally screwed up my taxes. But <laughs> is, it's just a great story. But um, yeah, it was, I, the, and the Mini Cooper is like blue. It's gorgeous. It's a hard oh. top. It's like so stunning. But there was an issue with the, the years and like sure. negotiating getting a car. I was on the road at the time with a show. So I was like already like, how am I going to deal with all these contracts and stuff? But it all worked out and oh, and I just have an amazing story. And I'm from a very small town in Wisconsin, like very tiny, like 10,000 people. So you best believe when that episode aired, my town, like I could book 12 million Broadway shows and no one would care. They would be like, <laughs> Sarah, remember when you won that car? It happened, I was home literally two weeks ago and I, an old, like someone from like high school who I barely recognized was like, he was like landscaping my mother's driveway and he was like, Sarah, how, how's that car? How's that car? <laughs> like literally always just reminded constantly. So yeah, my claim to fame in my small town.
I love that story. That is a fantastic story. They picked the right person for that yes, episode. Yes, they did. They <laughs> did. And we picked the right person for this episode, Meredith. Look at us. It's funny how that happens. Funny. I'm going to play the part of Drew Carey, and you can Great. play the part of the producer. Fabulous. Fabulous. Great. Great. As your producer, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is going. I know where it's what, going. What we, we're role-playing. We're, we're going to take, take her back to Price is Right. I want to ask about What's something <laughs> that I think that Sarah is even more passionate about than The Price is Right, and that is MT Shorts. Yes. I, wanted, I, wanted, I want you to tell us what is MT Shorts. What the heck okay. is that? Yes, you are so right. I am definitely more passionate about uh, MT Shorts than I am The Price is Right. <laughs> But equal, I broke pretty le same levels of enthusiasm, to be quite honest. Um, I, uh, MT Shorts is a film production company that elevates the voices of a new generation. Basically, we uh, give these writers who oftentimes don't get their work seen outside of like a select cabaret scene in New York City, the opportunity to get their work seen on a global scale. Um, we recognize that like, the current the model of getting to Broadway is very flawed and very much about who you know and the right doors that have been opened sometimes for people and we want to grant accessibility to a variety of people and by giving them this virtual calling card for their work that can be used in multiple ways, you know, seen at film festivals, sent to potential producers to say, hey, we write not only for stage, but we can write for screen too. And how can these mediums be blended? How can we storytell with across multiple mediums? Um, that was a long-winded answer, but yeah, no, that's, that's the gist of MT Shorts. <laughs> so talk to me. So MT, does that stand for musical theater? Oh, yeah. Okay, so musical theater shorts. And so I am, for our listeners, just let's just pretend that I am super curious and I have a project that I want to do with you. Tell me what that process is going to look like. Yes. Well, every process is a little different and we kind of... Uh, incorporate different people based on we're, we're basically like super collaborators we come in and we someone pitches us an idea and then we bring in the people or they bring in some of their people or it's just like what how do we set this table together that's the mm. that's the collaboration and Greg and I are very hands-on producers and um like for example hey beautiful our maiden film was uh constructed uh, off of a single standalone song that was already recorded and mixed. And um, these two writers brought in a director and um, already had a girl cast as they, who they wanted uh, to, had already record the song. So we flew her in and then we cast and like wrote a short scene before the song itself so that it had a beautiful beginning, middle and end. And it was just like this one song. It leans more into music video world, but it's still definitely like a, has a very nice, like what you would want a standard musical theater, like piece to feel like. Mm -hmm. um, and then for still here, uh, which is something that where it's in post right now, it's like a 20 minute, three full song, um, choreography, like, you know, four day shoot, a uh, big monster project. And these writers, we actually chatted with these writers. They were friends of mine and we had kind of pitched them just a small idea of what 
it, what the dating scene looks like for people who have already kind of maybe been in a relationship and maybe gotten a divorce and then had to figure out what this like online scene of like meeting intimacy in an online world is um, because they didn't grow up courting in that way. And then they came back with this story about grief and what it means to move on when you've been left behind and diving back into intimacy and love again after experience loss, Mm. which was even more beautiful than what we had initially pitched. And then we incorporated like, you know, swiping, what's that like, you know, for someone in their like forties who has no idea how to, you know, communicate in this like very rapidly changing online world. So, um, we got to incorporate all of that stuff in there. And so that was how that project came to be. We shot one musical all over zoom. Like they're all a little different. Um, but what we do make sure is that the collaborators voices are heard completely. Mm -hmm. And that is really important to us because it's about elevating their brand, what they do best, what excites them. Um, we kind of just give them the freedom to, to go. And then we raise the money and put the teams together and tell people when they should be there, you know, when, and (laughs) then magic happens. That is so, that it's such an amazing gift that you are giving to artists. And I hope that our listeners who are creators out there and theater makers, understand that this is this is just a really beautiful outlet for people to be able to have their work seen it's a whole Um, new platform for people who would never be seen nor heard you know it's so fantastic i'm curious how so talk to me a a little bit about your relationship um with greg your partner with mt shorts and and how this whole idea was birthed in the first place oh yeah well Greg and I still don't know how we met. We, we think it was at a gala of some sort, but we ended up um, going to the MoMA together. You know, two people who kind of knew each other, but, you know, didn't really. And we're just like something about each other. Like we just were attracted, drawn to each other as creatives. And so two creatives going to the MoMA together. Mm-hmm. That feels right. Mm-hmm. So we went to the MoMA and we were kind of, both, um, I had just gotten off doing a show, a million dollar quartet, where if you know the show, it's just a bunch of musicians and they're all hyper talented and like are all of them have albums and are writing their own songs. And I'm like, why has no one heard their music? Why is no one knowing these creatives? And, um, Greg was coming from a big producer. Like he was kind of in the, in the shift where he had started doing a lot of producing himself and, he was frustrated by the lack of, um, like the road to get for shows to get to where they are and how it was just, there were a lot of barriers, um, to entry. And so we kind of then started talking about what we could do for our our, our writer friends who we saw struggling to self-promote. And, um, you know, we kept coming back to like, Okay, so these our friends do these 54 Below shows, right, where everyone has to pay a lot of money to, you have to drag your friends, you have to self-promote, which is already icky, and like bring them to this one night only performance where maybe someone will happen to be there who's going to give them their, their pass to go to the next round towards Broadway or whatever. And if they don't make it, the only like visual representation of the evening, aside from the obviously the beautiful live experience that everyone has just witnessed... The, the visual representation is 
a video of someone forgetting their lyrics behind a music stand and the wait staff walking through, right? Like that's all you get as a result right. of this, this blood, sweat and tears night. Mm. So we were like, Greg proposed film. He was like, what if we make it so anyone can see their work wherever, whenever. And we encourage the writers to write for a new medium that is unknown to them. And who knows what creativity will kind of blossom out of this. Um, and with the support of, um, of us and like kind of discovering this medium too, it was like, we kind of just, we got lucky with our first one. We had this idea. We wanted it to be, only musical theater. We wanted its roots in theater, um, but we wanted to like blend the two worlds. We were like, okay, we want to bring theater in and we want to bring film in and merge them into one uh, medium. So MT Shorts was how we kind of came up with the name. And you know, when you're when you're doing your company, we had to like write like bylaws, and we like kind of were. I I vis had this visual of us sitting on a like in on, on along the river walk on riverside drive like in some in like little outdoor cafe and we were literally trying to figure out what our logo was going to be we're like what's this going to be you know so like we were we were doing logos against the sunlight trying to see what what maybe and like sketching what the what the because we wanted to use some like you know negative space and things but then we kind of came up with these like jazz hands so if it's like you frame frame and it's jazz hands. So, uh, yeah, just, it was so fun. Um, but with our first film, Hey Beautiful, we, again, this, this was a friend from the musical, uh, the MDQ world, who was our first like writer who we writing team that we worked with. And we just got so lucky. Greg and I had no idea what we were doing. I'm just going to say that with the whole like theme of waiting for permission, we literally didn't know. Like, I had never shot anything SAG, let alone been on camera. Greg had very limited film knowledge. And the the hoops that you have to jump through to make a film SAG, mm. I mean, obviously, Tell our listeners for a reason. what SAG is, please. Oh, Screen Actors Guild. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a at, it's a union that protects uh, the workers and the members. So if someone gets injured on set, they have health care. They have, um, you know, paid time off, all those things. And you have to have all of those systems in place just in case something goes wrong while you're shooting and you are, t so you're taking care of your people. And there are a lot of rules and regulations. And had I known all of the things involved, I might not have done it, to be quite honest. It is mm. so much work and so many hoops to jump through and so much kind of bureaucracy to like get to where you need so that everyone could just show up and shoot a movie <laughs> like and just shoot a, something for fun um and yeah it when we did it we sh we literally did the whole thing in a month from like initial first day of pre-production to shooting it it was a two-day shoot we had like 36 cast members 23 crew members I somehow procured a bar that was on a, in a Saturday in like the middle of the day, like where there was games on. We got them to turn off their TVs like in Brooklyn. I don't know how. It's just like, oh, it was a happy accident. All of these beautiful pieces kind of falling into place. Uh. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how we started. And um, then once we saw that, oh, we can do this, we can do this. Um, 
we just kind of got the bug and we, we kept making. Um, and with the, when we premiere a film, uh, we always do it in a concert format so that um, the writers can share more of their songbook, what they've written for stage. And then we premiere the film at the end of the evening so you can see what they've written for screen. So kind of further blending the two mediums and keeping the roots in, um, in theater and, the, and that community. So yeah, that's, that's like how we do our how we do it and then why we've kept doing it mm-hmm. See, uh, i told you listener i told you she was passionate about this <laughs> so i, I want to on and on about it no that's why we're here yeah. we want you to go on and on about it i just think it's magical and i think i think that you know a lot of what we talk about on this show so far is just like how can you serve others right how how can you create opportunity that you're not only passionate about and that brings you joy, but how does that joy help other people manifest their dreams as well? Mm. So, and I feel like you've really set up this this gorgeous platform for for doing that for people, which is so wonderful, so wonderful. I'm curious too. So you you were like, oh my god, if I had known what I know now, I may have like not done it. So can you tell um, our listeners, like, was there a moment in the process where you were like, I I just don't know if I can continue doing this. Like, th- there are so many hoops that I have to go through, and the paperwork is ridiculous, and I'm confused here. Can you talk a little bit into that? And then what is it that you did in order to get to get yourself over that hump or in that messy place, if you will? Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, it helps to have a partner in crime, honestly. Um, I lean on Greg a lot and he leans on me a lot. And we both have our strengths. And uh, when we need to rely on each other's strengths, we're neither of us, I think have the ego to like, we really let our egos go. Mm. Um, and I think the biggest thing I think was getting locations in New York city. It's just hard because people have businesses to run. They don't want 36 random people coming into their bar, like not buying anything. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Oh, we bought drinks, but we, we made sure they were taken care of, but you know, yeah, we're not going to like we're not renting anything out technically. Mm-hmm. We're just using this space. So, um, it was hard to, and it was a lot of me like sitting at the bar and trying to be like, so do you, you know, do you guys like film? Like, it's just like, <laughs> truly like getting in with the, like trying to, trying to find an inroad to connecting. So getting down to the wire and still not having locations in place and then getting all of the permits and things required for them it got to the point where I was like, I don't know if if we're going to make this movie. Like, I don't know if we're going to have this, have be able to bring this thing to life. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was a lot. It had, it had to, for me, it was releasing my ego. Like being told no is not, it's, it's just someone saying no, it's just words. Right. Mm. So it was me not being like offended it, to not be upset that someone turned us down, right. but just be like, all right, we're gonna take our business elsewhere. Just like they're taking their business elsewhere. We'll go our separate ways. I'll find something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so continuing to stay the course and not allowing my ego to get in the way of my productivity. I think that was the, that was the lesson I learned. I, huge. I, it is huge. And I appreciate you saying that. Cause I feel like we do, we get so 
hung up on the ego or or the no sometimes mm-hmm. can be really quite the barrier for people. So the fact that you have you've learned and I also just think as artists as as creators and you know living in New York City and and auditioning that we we get used to the no. Mm-hmm. We, totally. And and if we just stopped at the first one, then we would be doing ourselves a disservice. We wouldn't grow. Mm-hmm. So um, and Meredith, if I can just add to that, yes. our listeners are stopping at the first no. That's a human condition, right? We hear no, and then we just stop. And that's why I'm really excited to be here with Sarah and learning about her process, because it's encouraging our listeners to keep going, even in the face of multiple no's, right? You're both actresses, professional actresses, and you hear no a lot, mm. Mm-hmm. So how do you keep going in the face of that? So you you spoke to taking the ego out of it, but what else is it that our listener can do when they feel like they can't face one more no, Sarah? Mm. Well, I am a huge uh, Big Magic fan, if anyone has read that, um, and I'm totally a huge Elizabeth Gilbert fan. Um, and it for me, it's... Um, it wasn't right. Like I, it's almost like a spiritual thing for me being like, all right, she has this kind of, I, uh, she explains in her book that ideas are kind of just like floating in the ether Mm -hmm. and, and then you can say yes to the idea or the collaboration, whatever you call it coming into this sphere. And you can say yes or no, I want this. And if it's no, it just goes on somewhere else. So I have to think about someone saying no to me as that, like I floated in, I said, Hey, you want some of this? And they're like, no, Mm. I'm like, all right, great. I'll continue floating. And someone else will say, yes, you know, I'll just continue kind of like going my path and staying my own personal course, like staying, you know, in my own personal journey. Um, and if they, if the collaborator comes along and I, I put myself out there and I'm like, what if we do this? And they're like, no, no, thanks. Uh, we're not thinking of you. We are looking for, um, actually someone with black hair and brown eyes for this role. <laughs> I'm like, great. It right. wasn't right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's okay. So being at peace with the universe, kind of having you float and find, and then if it's not, we could stay for a moment and, and explore it. And if not, it's, if it's not right, we continue to go our separate ways and no harm and no foul. Yep. yep. And what you said, my dear, was I put myself out there. Mm, yeah. That's a hugely vulnerable place for us, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And yeah. it's so much easier to not put ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, Netflix. Yep. Yeah, I pick up the remote there and control. watch Netflix all day. <laughs> There's no rejection, right? That's it's not no, scary. Only if the internet doesn't work. And then I'm like, God. <laughs> then you're like, my life sucks. Timing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch The Price is Right. Yeah. Well, I, I do think also understanding, having an understanding how sh- how short life is. Like in the span of your life, we are just little specks in this microcosm. And we have such a limited time on this earth. So why not? Why not just lean into the unknown and put yourself out there? No shouldn't be so scary. I, I really don't think it should be a scary word. We, no can be a gift in so many ways because it wasn't right. You know, yes. the universe was like, this wasn't, 
this wasn't the time or this wasn't the project. And Greg and I really do have to give ourselves a lot of grace to, for no, because we get a lot of no. I mean, of course I would want the New York Times to come review our little short film or something. You know, of course my ego wants us to be a go-to. I, I want to call from Netflix to get our stuff like, you know, whatever. But if it's not the right time yet, it's not the right time. And, and that's, that's okay. Right. And that's sometimes what it is too. It's about the timing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a, and, and it may not be the right time now, but that doesn't mean it won't be the right time six months from now. Totally. So continue until you can keep getting as many no's as you want. Right. <laughs> Whatever. In fact, you could, you should just make a wall of no's. <laughs> And they're all, it's positive. It's like, look at all of those no's. Bring them on, motherfucker. You can swear on this show. Bring them on. Yeah. I have a visual right now of just like plaques of noses, actually. Just physical noses on the wall. Just being like, look at all my nose. Look at all those noses. Those noses. (laughs) So I want to back up. Oh, Just a little bit, because you mentioned that you come from a really small town. Tell us the name of your town. Platteville. Platteville. Okay. It is how it sounds. <laughs> so you, and is that where you were born and raised? I was born in Illinois, but grew up like, I moved, we moved there when I was like two or three. So, grew, so grew not a lot of professional musical theater comes out of Platteville. Certainly not. So I would think that. It took a huge amount of giving yourself permission, my dear, Mm. to get on that trajectory. Could you speak to that? Yeah. Um, Well, I was really lucky. My parents are both band directors. So I come from a musical background and um, they never they actually never really told me no, which was, I think, Mm. a really good um, lesson for me to assume the best just assume that something will work out. Um, granted that, you know, they're both educators, so they didn't have, we were very, very like lower middle class, but if I wanted to enter a classical singing competition or something that I found in a magazine, they were like, we'll make it work. We'll, we'll figure it out if this is something you want to do. And because they held up their side of the bargain by financing it, I will hold up my side of the bargain by doing the best that I could. Hmm. Um, and, I was just a really ambitious kid. I don't know. I've just always been like, I've always loved the city and growing up, like if we would go to Chicago, I would, they would wake me up so that I could press my face against the wall. So I could try to see the the very top of the skyscrapers. Like when we were in the car, just trying to like see, and I'm like, I'm going to live here someday. I'm going to live in a city someday. Um, And I graduated in a class of like a hundred people. So I don't know. They, I was just given a lot of opportunity and I'm so grateful for that. But it was a lot of me um, just asking questions. Like if I didn't know something, luckily I had the internet by the time I was in high school. I was just like, I Googled top 10 musical theater schools in the United States. And I was like, okay, I'm going to audition for those. And I'm going to figure out how to do that. And we're going to visit some of them too. So my dad was on sabbatical my, um, the, my senior year of high school. And I was like, all right, 
I planned a road trip for us to visit all the musical theater schools in the Midwest. I calculated gas mileage. I used MapQuest because we didn't have the <laughs> iPhones at the time. So I used MapQuest to calculate the mileage and how much it was going to cost us for per mile so that my dad knew the scope of mm. how much it was going to cost us to do that big road trip. I calculated all like the fees for the applications and all that kind of stuff. And then I presented to them and I was like, parents, this is what I would like to do. How can we make this work? <laughs> oh. oh, beautiful. But yeah, but it was because I grew up in a town that supported me. Like mm -hmm. my parents supported me and they were like, if you want to do this and you believe that you can do it, we'll try it. We'll try to find a way to make it work. And they somehow always did. So I'm exceedingly grateful to them for just telling me, giving me a lot of yes when I was a kid. <laughs> That's awesome. And so what I'm hearing is you had people on your team that were supportive of you in your journey, mm -hmm. which is important. So even, important. So important. Uh, even as adults, it's super important for us to have those people on our team that support us and lift us up. And if we don't have those people, then we need to divorce the people that are not lifting us up and find those that will. Mm, I've had to do that quite a bit in New York. Um, think growing up in in a small town I just trusted everyone that what they said they were what they said they were going to do they did and that's not always the case no. um and I had to learn that pretty it was a lesson that I had to learn my first couple of years in New York after graduating from school it was a hard lesson but I'm glad I learned it and to then be able to really start taking people's temperature right mm -hmm. who are the people that walk the walk you know, mm -hmm. that don't just talk the talk. Mm -hmm. And um, those are the people that I want to be around who I want to ask if they will support me so that in turn I can support them. Yeah. Uh, I love that so, so much. I would love if you can, Sarah, can you talk to me a little bit more now too so that our listeners know what is MT Shorts? I'm just going back to MT Shorts for a second here. What have you done to negotiate the pandemic? And, and what, what are you inviting in during this time for people? Ooh, yes. Okay. Empty Shorts is a musical theater film production company that elevates the voices of an emerging generation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, during this time when March, 2020 happened, uh, our entire Broadway community was decimated. Basically people were told that they didn't have jobs anymore for a long time. And, Greg called me with this idea to um, fi find a way to still make, right, and give a little moment of levity and joy uh, because we've done this. We know what to do. So why can't we just repurpose a Zoom room into a film set? So that's what we did. And we shot a musical short film all from the first person perspective of a computer screen. Mm -hmm. So you're following the cursor, adding like bottles of wine to her cart and like you're following duets happening through FaceTime. Um, the whole premise is a high school class reunion gets moved online because of, of a pandemic and this girl does not want to go um, and see all of these classmates and you're seeing her like type in like how to not look old and fat on Zoom or whatever, you know what I mean? Like all these kind of things. And so um, <laughs> it's just really fun and really Really comedic and we had we it was still new at the time where everyone's like oh zoom what is this new thing you know we shot it in may of 2020 um so all of what we got all of our friends like we got like 60 
performers to hop on the Zoom call for two days. And um, we had like, I think our metrics were like, we had like 60 computers, 60 computers recording 50 performers. We had uh, a bunch of dogs, uh, a, a couple babies, uh, and a llama. <laughs> a llama. Of course, naturally, a llama. Naturally. Well, it's funny because at the time, I don't know if you were, uh, were aware, but there were all these companies doing like, uh, because everything moved to Zoom, they were doing tours of farms. Like, like a, they would do like, it was called llama zoom bombs and a llama would appear in the zoom box. And like, then like, as like a fun reprieve for the company, <laughs> they would do tours of these like llama farms. <laughs> so we were like, we have to have a llama zoom bomb the call. Oh, so of course. Yes. Okay. Um, but spoiler alert, we didn't know the footage that we got. It's an alpaca. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not watching it now. <laughs> You just lost just most not. of your viewing I think, audience. I think alpacas are cuter anyway. Okay, great, great. We just had to like get like the nice upgraded, the upgraded version of the llama. It was it was the it was the first class flight, you know, no, no economy here. Um so yeah, uh so that's what we did. And it was a lot of editing and a lot of time and but people were just like ready to have fun and it's like 15 minutes of joy so and it's it's we just released it um last month so everyone watch enjoy um it's on the mt shorts website and on our youtube channel um for free so everyone can see it oh i am that's i am definitely watching it I'm it's definitely gonna so where can people find you and see your work yes uh, a lot of our films are on our website, www.mtshorts.com. And all of our fun interviews and behind the scenes and weird content, super fun, is on our Instagram at mt underscore shorts. And how, Beautiful. how do you best like to be supported? Ooh, um, well... You can uh, give through uh, the link in our bio uh, through um, at an empty at empty underscore shorts on Instagram, or there is a section on our website where you can donate. And no donation is too small because it all goes to. I mean, Greg and I don't pay ourselves. We're just doing this for fun. So <laughs> I mean, we're not doing it for fun, but we we like are doing it in support. Everything goes back into um, making our movies. So. Sarah, I just want to say thank you so much for being on this interview and um, sharing your time with us. And, and Sarah, uh, what I want to say is, do you have a takeaway, something that oh, our you. listener can have as an action step? Because you and I both know, the three of us know, that there is a young woman sitting on her twin bed at home, and she has big dreams, and she is scared shitless, and she might not have a team of people supporting her. And is there something that you would like to share with her, a takeaway? Mm. Well, kind of keeping on the theme of, of no, give yourself permission to say yes. Mm. Just over and say over yes. and over and Just over. keep doing it. Even if you get no, release that ego. So, yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first from Sarah Ellis, mtshorts.com. Please go ahead and like, share, subscribe, review, whatever it is that you kids are doing these days, and we will see you in our next episode. Thank you. 
We want to give a special shout out to Amy Shelley and Gary Grande of High Fiction for letting us use their music in this podcast. Please join us next week when we have a great conversation with Isolde Trachtenberg. All right, go out there. If you liked this show, like it, comment, tell a friend, spread the word. See you next time.